Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Runs in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The New York Jets will be stars of hard knocks. And we can't wait to see Sauce Gardner and Aaron Rodgers interact. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the guy who was perfect in his supplemental mock draft. And joining me as always is AJ, the Mac belongs to the Rourke family, Marchese. Oh, owned by the uh, Burlington boys, baby. Today we'll be continuing our 2024 NFL Draft Summer Scouting Series with the Mac prospects. And I spoke with Miami of Ohio's pass rusher, Brian Uglu. So stay tuned for that. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Mountain Dew's Baja Blast. Start your summer the right way by drinking a Baja Blast. Not only does Mountain Dew produce Baja Blast original. They also have Baja Passion Fruit Punch, Baja Caribbean Splash, Baja Blast Zero Sugar for those watching their weight, uh, and don't forget the new Mountain Dew Summer Freeze flavor. Mm-mm-mm. Taste the freeze. Okay, AJ. The Mid-America Conference. You know, you know where you really taste the freeze? Playing matching mm-hmm. football on a Tuesday night in November. Amen. Amen. Uh, a lot of good snow games were watched this past week. Uh, we love the Mac, don't we? We absolutely do. Especially when uh, there's a lot of Canadian connections. And the NFL loves the Mac. Because over the last five years, they've averaged 5.6 players selected from the Mid-America Conference. Uh, last year we had seven, though. That's above average. It's a good year for the Mac. It's, it's always a good year for the Mac. It's very competitive. Um, overall, right now, I didn't think there was uh, a prospect on offense who super jumped off the screen to me, but uh, the Mac's got a rich history of defense, and we'll get to a guy there in a bit. But I think we've got – we'll start with the quarterbacks. We'll start, I think – unless you're going to disagree with me, with the reigning Mac Offensive Player of the Year in Ohio's Curtis Rourke. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Who like made such a huge leap this past season? You know, yeah, there was a point in time we thought like, oh, he is not as good as yeah. He's, better. he's riding Nathan's um, coattails and like. Oh. And guess what? Nathan never won a Mac uh, Offensive Player of the nope. Year, which is like pretty shocking given his production over over several years in Bobcats. Trending to be a CFL uh, Hall of Famer too before he went to the Jags. And um, now we've got Curtis Rourke, who different player than mm-hmm. his brother too. Uh, a little bit more of a pocket passer, I would say. I yep. think he has a, a, a bit bigger of an arm. He's more willing um, to attack vertically. Yep. I don't think he's quite as accurate as, as uh, his older brother. But overall, I came away. Like, I see a path to him. I don't have a draftable grade. But I see a path to him pushing towards being a late day three guy potentially yeah i kind of feel the same way not a draftable um but no i agree with you like he's a well put together at like you know well put together body um he's good enough athlete he doesn't have the athlete athleticism that nathan had right but like just really i found him very poised very calm very comfortable in the pocket like you said pushes the ball down the field very willingly and and some impressive deep throws and just runs that offense well and really got play action i felt like too yep he has a, he has a couple throws a game where the deep ball placement. Yeah. Like I think I think his his ball placement is better on the deep than it is the short and intermediate. Yeah. And like like, like outside the outside yeah. the hashes. Yeah. Uh, fifteen plus downfield. He's money. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he again. I, I agree with you. I don't have a draftable. I could see him pushing to a day three. And I could see him pushing to like getting one of the all star spots too. Right. I, I think he's well put, well made for that. Maybe a shrine invite or something. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting as we uh, progress through the Power 5, kind of seeing how we end up stacking. Seniors. The seniors, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, Obviously, Caleb Williams Drake may lead this class, but it's a good senior quarterback class, too. It is, yeah. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, they're all in the Pac-12. Um, yeah. Outside of Rourke, is there anybody that... Maybe you're not necessarily banging the table for, but... A guy you're you're raising your eyebrow at because they're interesting. Uh, not not to the ex- extent of Rourke, but I think my next guy's no. got to be Daquan Finn from Toledo. I think him and DJ Irons at Akron are the next two. Ar- most interesting. Irons a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I'll also say like like Brett Gabbert's in the mix, but like he missed most of last season too. So seeing yeah. him come back healthy will be will be interesting. But you know, Finn at Toledo. Um, a guy that is a very good athlete. He makes a lot of guys miss. He makes a lot of plays with his legs, um, and makes a lot of throws on the run as well. Um, the arm is like good enough. Like he makes he makes plenty of plays. He's a guy that like I don't know in a weaker senior group, you know maybe like a low all star game potential type of dude. Yeah, he's he's a guy who I think has a chance to make it in one of the other leagues. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too. Um, I thought he, like, mechanically, I, I thought pretty smooth throwing yeah. motion. I thought his ball placement was pretty good on the short uh, into the intermediate. Um, can kind of force some throws through traffic. Yeah. But, yeah, he can extend plays, too. Like, he's a very good Mac quarterback. He is, absolutely. And and I think, like, a lot can be said of the same for our DJ Irons, who's, like, Who, go ahead, yeah. I, I just think DJ Irons a little more interesting because, one, he's younger, two, he's 6'6", six, six, yeah. and three, he's got a bigger arm. Yeah, he does have a big arm, and he's also an extremely good athlete. Yeah, um, he's big, he's long, he, he's athletic. I thought his feet were pretty good, too. Like, he maneuvers the mucky pocket fairly well. Yeah, um, yeah, I think just him, like, just see, sometimes he doesn't see the field great. He'll just throw some some bad interceptions. And, and keep in mind, last year was Joe Moorhead's first yeah. year. Uh, with Akron, and so I, I'm 
and like I think they exceeded expectations. Now, I'm kind of expecting the G Irons to take a jump or two. Maybe maybe we're talking about them a little bit more in 2025. A couple good receivers there that we'll talk about later too. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that he can make a big jump. Maybe dark horse like player of the year in the conference. I'll say it. And Rocky Lombardi's still at home. I don't know why. <laughs> the king, baby. I'm kind of a Rocky truther. I think Rocky Lombardi's can play in the CFL. He's built for it. He absolutely is built for it. And Northern Illinois is built for CFL quarterbacks, too. Ain't that the truth. Okay. Want to jump to running back? Sure. Do you have any draftables? I do not have any draftables. Uh, there's two guys I, I kind of like, though. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm also lacking in the draftable category. I think the offense is bread and butter is the receiver room. But, um, the receiver group is really good. but Fun, yeah. Uh, who's your top back? I kind of had it like kind of split between uh, Bangier and Marcus Cooper. Oh, okay, so we're on, totally on the same page. Um, yeah, Bangier, just a redshirt sophomore. Mm-hmm. Uh, six foot 200. Probably the best build. Yeah. To athleticism, because uh, Simpson Evans, is, he's built. But um, <laughs> yeah, in in that Ohio offense, I, I think he'll he'll take another jump this year. Um, good mix of of burst, short area quickness, and open field elusiveness. Yeah, I, he feels like the type of back that the NFL ends up taking on day three because he's like just really solid. He's just a solid back, and like like the burst and the vi- and the speed are good. The, the the vision is good enough. I find him very just like a kind of a gliding mover too. Yeah, that's a good way to describe me. Glides. And I think he, that comes with the upright running style a little bit, too. He's a little upright. But yeah, go on. Yeah, he is. He also caught more passes than uh, a lot of um, mm-hmm. G5 backs do. 27 last year. And again, he's got three more seasons. Yeah. Last year's first true season, 1,000 yards. I think he's a guy who, who's going to be a riser over time. But yeah, not a draftable now. But I could see him kind of slowly me, uh, yeah, building his draft side. Me too. Me too. And uh, as for Cooper, he doesn't really have the NFL build at five six, like one eighty five ish, but uh, it's a lot of fun. He's a ton of fun, and he's he's loyal to the MAC. He transfers out of Kent State, stays <laughs> in, in the MAC, goes to Ball State. Yeah, um, yeah he's he's uh, obviously like you said, tiny, but he is so so quick mm-hmm. and, and shocking contact balance for his yeah. Size. He, he's got that low center of gravity, but like he's he's undersized, but he's sturdy. Get that uh, Jaquiz Rogers in a stool. <laughs> he does. He does. He's the Mac. He's a Mac Quiz Rod. I like that. Like he's also extremely productive. Over twenty five hundred yeah. rushing yards the last two years. Twenty four rushing touchdowns. I'm excited to see what it looks like at Ball State. Um, obviously, with Sean Lewis at Kent State, they they were in an offense that really uh, led to offensive explosive plays. Mm-hmm. So let's see how he translates up at Ball State. Obviously, the size is going to hurt him, but. Um, Interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyone else that really caught your eye? I think Ron Cook's a little bit interesting. He's a little undersized, but I thought he had pretty good contact balance despite being 190. Also, I, I feel like we always have a soft spot for uh, Buffalo backs lately, at least. As we should. As we should. I love the Buffalo backs. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, like you said, Samson Evans is, is, is built, baby. Samson Evans, Evans, oh, I think, let me... Uh, let me check the notes real quick. Yes, that's right. I put the AJ Ouellette con. So <laughs> welcome fellow, to Argos, baby. Fellow Mac, great, uh, and I can just see him being an Argos uh, touchdown machine. Yeah, baby, potential CFL All Star. Yeah, AJ Ouellette's the coolest. Um, okay, you want to get to the receivers? Where this is, yeah, like like we said, kind of 
the loaded group. I think it's this and the DBs are the best rooms. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, but I think this might be deeper. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think it felt like, not to say every team has a draftable, but every almost every team in this uh, in the MAC has an interesting receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and there's a path to a lot of these guys getting drafted. Um, my t- my top guy though is I got I got to go with Sam Wiggles from Ohio. Okay, the Ohio State transfer, who uh, was a matching darling. It felt like his yeah. biggest games all came on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. Um, yeah, he's a true slot receiver, really good ball skills, a fluid route runner. Not the the most explosive athlete. Doesn't no. create a ton after the catch, but a chain mover out of the slot. Yeah, just that good good feel for getting open, some crafty route running, like you said. But like like there's a lot of well, not a lot of those guys, but that's already a good trait to have. But yeah, just like when he when he pairs that with the, like the ball tracking ability and the body control, uh, that's like what really makes him interesting to me. Um, again, like a day three type of guy, but I, I think he's got a path there. Um, I think we're. We're going to see Trayvon Rudolph, the Northern Illinois, yes. reignite his stock this I year. I think so, too. He missed this entire last season after kind of having a super splashy yeah. redshirt freshman year. Um, I think it's fair to say he's kind of got the best big play potential of this receiver group. Yeah, I think I think he's he might be the fastest player in the conference. Yeah, like he's just constantly – he tracks the ball well, yeah. too. Even though, he's not big. He's 5'10", 182, but he tracks the ball well and – um, he, he tracks it well through traffic too. Surprisingly, yep. uh, just can take the top of the defense. Can create a little bit after the after the catch too. They use him uh, on like jet sweeps and stuff. He's a good kick returner. Um, I think for him, he he needs to kind of one be healthy. Yeah. But but two, uh, show kind of improved route running. Right. Like yeah. He was a bit of a one. It's like screens. It's like go balls. Yeah. It's like slants. Like seeing him set up his routes, seeing him get in and out of his breaks, running a more diverse route tree, I think that would really help him. Um, I'm excited to see him back on the field. Yeah, me too. And like fortunately, unfortunately for him, you know, the, the injury came last August, so he should be, you know, 100% ready to go for this for this season. Um, yeah, no, I like I like him a lot too. That's the guy just like, you know, ready for like, not that he hasn't broken out already, but just ready for him to kick ass again. Um, I, think, I think he's... He might be the most like athletically talented yeah. of this group, right? Like maybe yeah. uh, I, I would say uh, Wiglas and, and Jawan Newton are are maybe the two most refined receivers mm-hmm. in this group. Yeah. Um, whereas Tra- Trayvon Rudolph and, and Jacoby Jones, the other, other Ohio receiver, are the most athletically agreed yeah. trending towards the NFL. Yeah, and talking about Jacoby Jones, I, I like him quite a bit too. The other Ohio receiver, like you just said, who is six one two twenty three, really well put together. Great kick returner. Yeah, at Northwest uh, Mississippi Community College coming in over f- from there. He has that, like, explosiveness to him at that size, which is, I mean, <laughs> rare for a, for a G5 receiver, you know. Um, yeah, really interesting guy. Like, like the his y- the yak ability and, like you said, the kick return translates there too. He, and, like, he can play on the outside. Like, you'll see him yeah. be a ball-winning X receiver. But also he might, his best role might be as, like, a – gadget player just being 220 and doing as much damage as he can after the catch and being so explosive mm-hmm. um I, i'm excited to see the ohio offense because i think like obviously curtis Rourke's the mac offense player of the year but jones and wigless complement each other they so do well. yeah they do um hopefully Rourke is ready to go week one or or if not soon after coming back from the late season injury too that 
sucked. I remember watching that one live. That sucked so much. But yeah, with that and yeah, like with with Bangura too. This is a hell of an offense. Um, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think. I think I, go ahead, please. I was just I was just gonna say I really like Jerwandi. Mm-hmm. I think he's like like you said in that technician role where like just a really smooth mover. Yeah, so I think the different like just comparing him and Wigless just because similar builds, similar type of players, um, slot receivers mm-hmm. who are crafty route runners. I think that they uh, Wigless has better ball skills, yeah. but I think Jerwan Newton's a little more um, explosive, can create a little more after the catch. I think he's he's a little has uh, a little more to his release package. Yeah, I agree too. with you there. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I, I think those four might be the my four highest players, highest rated Mac offensive prospects. Uh, they are for me too. Yeah. Um, and there's still more receivers. I know. I like Odu Alaire a lot too from Bowling Green, um, who is the Alabama and M transfer. Threw on that Toledo yep. game, just <laughs> destroyed them. Guy with good speed, he gets gets vertical there. Uh, it's kind of like there's. It's kind of funny, dude. Like, you kind of have, like, different... It's like you get one or two packages. He gets vertical, good ball tracking, you know, nifty yak, can can do damage in the open field. He's a lot of fun, too, and it's kind of that six-foot, 180 um, mold. Um, no, good good player, too. Yeah, he's super athletic, I think. Yeah. Like, he can really separate. Um, I think Akron's Alex Adams, who's an LSU transfer. Yeah. Same kind of deal. Like, he's a take-the-top-off-the-defense type of player. Yeah, loose, and, loose and, lower body. Yeah, like, you could... See see why he yes. ended up at LSU initially yeah. like he has those SEC athletic traits I think uh, I think he could have a huge leap this year he's just like the the drops are kind of the big thing yeah it's the ball skills that yeah. need to, the ball skills really need to get cleaned up and like refine that route running but athletically he he could he's could be one of the best if he takes that step you know what I like a lot actually is is Toledo's the other Toledo receiver Devin Maddox Devin Maddox he seems just always be making big ball tracking plays. yeah that's what and he's got the speed to get deep there he's got some juice to him undersized at like 5'9 175 but yeah like that the ball tracking is really impressive he can get da- he can do damage after the catch and he seems to have that like second gear to close on the ball in in you know deep deep balls um yeah i just want to see see more of him and see what he can do uh, another year at toledo i think he could take a huge leap like there's a lot a path to a lot of these guys getting drafted yeah, do you have draftables on any of them? Wiggles, that's it. I think Just, okay. Jacoby Jones very close, and Newton close as well. Not Rudolph? Rudolph, it's like I kind of put him on the back burner because of the injury. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. We talked about him a lot last year. You know, he's, I was pounding the table from two years ago. Like, that, when he no, played. that's why I'm asking, because I remember that. I will have. Like, you know what I mean? I kind of just, like, basically I do, but it's kind of hard with just the injury. Yeah. Fair. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Rudolph Newton, Wiggles, and Jacoby Jones, uh, those are the, I mm-hmm. think, yeah, the four most talented Mac offensive prospects. Also, pr- pretty impressive that Akron's got, you know, Penn State and LSU transfer and Adams and Daniel George, too. <laughs> More, I just bring them yeah, over, I know, baby. Right? Yeah, um, Going to tight end. We're going to talk about a Ball State tight end here. I think next year we're going to talk about a different Ball State tight end. Yeah, man. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> like Brady Hunt. It's good. That's who we're talking about. He's good. He's good. Uh, former, uh, a former quarterback yep. who made the transition to tight end. He has an NFL body, 6'6", 245. Um, the lineup out at receiver, he yep. plays some H-back. It's really good ball skills. Um, Guys, still coming along as a, as a blocker. You, runner, but like, you know what? I felt like pretty darn solid blocker for, for a guy who converted, though. 
Fair. I mean, yeah. And he, um, he looks like, and again, he's just a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. Like three, like two, three years from now. I, I could very much see a path to him me being drafted. Too. I don't have a draftable on him, but yeah. like, man, I feel good about him. Me too. And but, probably can keep growing to that frame. But yeah, please. I know we're, we're tell, jumping ahead here. Tell, tell me if I'm wrong. Tanner Koziel, I don't even know if that's he's the freshman tight end at Ball State. Yeah. Just kept making insane plays yeah. when you're watching Brady Hunt. Yeah, like he looks like, I mean, we're not, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself, but like potential top 100 tight end in a few years. Like, he was incredible. Yeah, he's very good. His, like, crazy ball skills, yeah. crazy body control. Um, the size. It felt like he was just winning everything in traffic. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and yeah, he's, what's he looks at? 6'7, 230. Yeah. And he looks, um, he, he looks a bit heavier than that, too. And. I like just didn't understand how Ball State had had t- two six six plus tight ends who could have be in the NFL in a few years. Yeah, like they probably have the two best in the conference. Like oh, definitely. Yeah. I just like was like, what is happening? And, and they it. play them both. Like they're yeah. not. They're not like oh, we play one tight. They're they're like constantly in twelve personnel. I think they recognize I like Cozil's <laughs> good, awesome. Yeah, you love him. Yeah. Oh, man. Too bad Carson Steele transferred. I know, um, right? But, yeah. Um. Talk about him uh, in, like, a week and a half. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I just, like, could, like, I was like, this Brady Hunt guy, he looks like an NFL tight end. And then, who's this other guy? And just, wow. He's better, wow. He's better than him, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, One jumped off at the line. Sure. I didn't think it was a, a strong group from oh. the guys we watched. No, and there's usually at least one City Sal last year. Yeah, City Sal for the last five years. Yeah. Yeah, and that wasn't even our Canadian bias. No. Yeah. I I thought Um, the best guy was kind of Ethan Crow from Ball State. Oh, okay. Well, we're on the same page there at least. Uh, Yeah, he's a six five three zero seven center for Ball State, Um, and I thought he moved pretty well. I thought he had a pretty good feet too, especially for a taller center. Um, Battles, a, works his ass off. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a draftable on him, but Redshirt Junior, and I, I could certainly see uh, a pathway to yeah. towards him being more than uh, agreed. This. And I watched the Tennessee game too, so like that's going up against SEC, uh, you know, uh, defenders. Like saw him struggle at times, but I thought compared to the rest of the group, he was the guy that I could see the the greatest path. Especially the rest of the group is like six year seniors. So. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, everyone else was kind of like hit and yeah, miss. My next guy was Deontay Powell Woods. It, but like, he probably is the next guy, was, yeah. Yeah, like just well-built from guard to tackle. And yeah. I thought he was pretty nimble uh, with his feet. Um, but yeah, not, I, I wasn't in love with anybody there. No, me neither. Um, kind of felt the same way about the interior defensive line. Yeah, I did too. I, I had B- Buffalo's Damian, or Damon Williams, my highest guy, but like a... Uh, 285 pound mm-hmm. kind of quick uh three tech um but not really refined with his pass rush and, and again 285 pounds like wasn't holding the point all that well. you know what i will say though is <laughs> watching the you know a lot of mac the last couple of weeks is um I, I i was just watching carl brooks dominate over and over again <laughs> it was like he should have went higher that was my big takeaway at the, at the interior yeah. group I forget what game. Was it the Toledo game? He was just like, was the dominant. They couldn't block. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah, there's no one really in the interior uh, that got me. But I like the, the at, in, at the edge. I like both uh, Miami, Ohio guys. 
Yeah, so Miami of Ohio's got two. I think the power top two. Five yeah. Transfers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm with you through my top two. Uh, Brian Uglu and, and, and Corey Suttle. And so it, it's fun, too, because I think they complement each other well. They do, yeah. Uglu's sub 250 Rutgers transfer explosive mm-hmm. speed rusher and, and subtle uh 64261 Iowa State transfer a little more powerful. Yeah, like Subtle's got like that high motor, works his butt off, really solid like strength and good, good power there. Um he's good and then Ugu is just like, you know, he's got that lean frame but the get off is great, the explosiveness there. You see him generating speed to power too and just like an extremely fluid mover. Yeah, they're my top 2 uh Front seven players. Me, in the me too. Me too. Um, and hey, Miami of Ohio. We saw Dominique Robinson get drafted mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Um, so, and that's a guy that you know they they developed too, right? Former receiver, exactly. And uh, Lonnie Phelps, who obviously ended up transferring to Kansas, but yep. um, obviously that's my guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ugu, like man, that first step yeah. pretty exciting, and it, it was his first year. I think he had 10 TFLs, five sacks. Like I'm expecting him to take a leap. He's a redshirt junior. Yeah. Um, if he can unlock his hands a little bit more, yeah. I think we've got a really interesting pass rusher there. And yeah, it was subtle. Like you said, the, the power's there. I think he sets a good hard edge. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, a guy who, yeah, unlock those hands and give some fun. And they both kind of have to play some five tech at yeah. times too. So, and like, Obviously not ideal for them, but sometimes really like good to see them st- do it. stack the side with both of them with yeah like mm-hmm. subtle inside and Ugu come off the edge. Yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, you can see them. They should be the highest stack duo in the, in the conference this year. Yeah, I think so. Both both like they could be one and two. You know, they're 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 damn good. Uh, linebacker. Yeah, kind of thin, but I I still kind of thought Dallas Gant, the Ohio State transfer, is the the top of the crop. Yeah, I think I think very clearly built like an NFL linebacker. Yes, why he was at um, Ohio State initially. Yes, like six three two thirty five, uh, flies all over the field. Last year was his first year at Toledo, and he put up huge numbers. Yep, just kind of a tackling machine. Um, just a little bit raw, right? Like you you want to see him read his keys mm-hmm. a little bit uh, faster. You want to see him look more comfortable in space on passing down. So yeah. He has the the speed and the aggressiveness. I think fun change. That's... Sorry, Rob. Just fun change for Mac. You know, you usually get these thumpers that are good, and like it's fun to have a guy that has like the the traits, you know, and is developing the the rest of the game. Yeah, um, Bubba Arslanian from Akron is going to play in the CFL for <laughs> several years. Actually, I'm I'm watching. Uh, I just tuned into the Elks game, so. A uh, little Taylor Cornelius uh, shot pregame here. I feel like Cornelius. Uh, I, I think they need a new quarterback, Rob. Cornelius not cutting it. I'll say it. No, but I remember in the 20, what was that, 2018 NFL? I didn't mind him. I didn't mind him. That's your guy. That was The Elks yeah. have lost like 20 straight home games or something. Respect that. That's pretty cool. Um, anyway, back to this. Uh, um. Yeah, I, I thought Dallas Gant's the only guy here who I, mm-hmm. I think really has a chance to be drafted. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And potentially be like defensive player of the year in the, in the conference because he's going to put up numbers. Yeah. Um, speaking of defensive player of the year in the conference, I think the de- the defensive back room is the best group, right? On the defensive side of the ball? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think Toledo's Quinion Mitchell leads that group, and I think he's the best prospect in the conference. Yeah, I agree with you. I 
don't think it's close. I, I like I still got a day three on him, but yeah, I agree with you. Mitchell Mitchell's like he's really really like that's another guy like you know six foot two hundred. That's another like you know power five built on a on a DB on a corner. Uh, I think you feel that size with him too. Like he's a really solid uh, tackler. And then like yeah, you what what game was it with the four picks? Northern Illinois yeah. four picks, two pick sixes. Yeah, that was the that was the game. Like where like you put it on and he's kind of just kicks ass. Um, and just like the the way he read those routes and jumped them was extremely impressive. Yeah, he he's really good in off zone coverage. Mm-hmm. Like when he can just read and react to the quarterback, he has great ball skills. Um, and he he has a good feel for when to jump a route is kind of my big takeaway. But I think more important than that is like fluid hips, mm-hmm. clean feet. Uh, you you already mentioned like the the size and and pretty consistent take on skills. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, like, he's a very well-rounded zone corner. Well, they had him playing, like, some safety around the year, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, and, and they they were playing, uh, like, you'll see him play, like, uh, play the, the deep third and cover three. Yeah. They play a lot of quarters. He looks really good in quarters. Um, I mean, I, I just thought, like, he's the best group of five corner we've watched. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Don't disagree with you. And I, I also like Central Michigan's Dante Ken a lot, too. Yeah, that's my number two corner. Yeah, another guy who played a bit of safety as well. It's kind of interesting. I, seeing both of them full time, presumably at, at corner, is going to be really good for them. Yeah, and, and Kent, uh, I, I thought looked really good, in like like as a cover two guy. Uh, he's smaller than yeah. Mitchell, but I thought he had better, even better take on skills. I agree with you. Yeah, uh, he's like feisty. Yeah, I was thinking maybe this guy's a nickel. Yeah, uh, potential there. He does good work. Yeah, he can play. I. Uh, tangle up uh, running backs pretty well. Feels like a guy that can come into the league and just be a solid nickel. Like, yeah, I found like I found that you know just very level headed, very calm. Um, good, really good change of direction yeah. skills. Um, I think Mitchell's got like the, yeah. the much higher upside, but like Kent is like oh, yeah. a day three, late day three. I don't kind. have a draftable on Kent. I do. But, I do. Okay, um, but yeah, I could certainly see him getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, Where, how, what what grade did you slap on uh, Quinny Mitchell? Uh, uh, Quinn Mitchell, fourth round. Game. Okay, okay. I'm not not quite as high, but I do like him a lot. Fifth, sixth, I think. Uh, I my number two DB is Marcus Fuqua from Buffalo. I put him third. Okay. And he's a guy who Buffalo kind of uses him all over. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll come down and play like uh, overhand or nickel. Uh, he'll, he'll be a two deep. He'll play some single high at times. Um, I think he's got a good mix of range, cover instincts, ball skills. Yeah. Uh, fluid hips not like great coming down and, and playing man coverage or anything on a slot i think his, his feet will work for that and he's not the most aggressive tackler but um that range and that ball and those ball skills playing back there i, I thought I, I felt pretty good about him as a late day three yeah solid size on him too i i have a late day three on him as well so i think the top to bottom the receiver group is better but i have three draftables in the dbs so yeah Receivers deeper, DBs heavier to the more top. top heavy. Yeah. Um, Anyone else one you of, liked? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like Ball State Jordan Riley. I, I I think I just generally fall for DBs who um, teams just play all over the place. Yeah. And they were playing him, and he's a true junior, six one one ninety five. They're playing him in the box, playing him at nickel, playing him more as like a, a tight end matchup guy too. Um, I thought he was a pretty good tackler. It had pretty good instincts in coverage. Like, like you said, well, um, well built too. Yeah. Let's go. So he'd be my fourth guy. Yeah, that's fair. 
Um, no one else I really, really caught my eye. Bang too, no. It's, it's all receivers and DBs, though. It's fine. I, I really respect and, and that. And then the Miami of Ohio edge rushers. And the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I kind of respect that the Mac seems like they're trending towards being a skill position conference, which I think is cool. Um, I I kind of figured we're going to have somebody from the Mac emerge that we There's, can talk to Absolutely, tonight. yeah. Because I feel like that's what happens to us every year. It does. It always does. Um, I think the big riser is going to be Rudolph for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, there's gonna be someone. Uh, okay. Who, who do you have winning it? I, I think it's a tough, I mean, the Mac's always tough to call, but I'm going to just go with that Ohio offense taking the crown yeah. over Toledo. Yeah. I gotcha. I'm with you all day. I think those are the, the, the two most talented teams. I think the Red Hawks are going to be in the conversation. You know, Gabbard's played a lot, but him coming back this year. I think I think I think those three are kind of in the in the convo, but uh, yeah, Bobcats. I, 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 ju- I just trust Chris Creighton to yeah. have Eastern Michigan yeah. competitive every year too. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a good coach. Um, well, he might be in Northwestern soon. So, <laughs> offense player of the year, Curtis Rourke repeating. Yeah, absolutely. But I, like we haven't heard, I, not from what I can see is that he's going to be ready week one. But I think even if he misses a couple preseason games, that he'll still 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 lock that down. Defense player of the year. Tougher call, like like we said, the strength is the DBs, but hard to win that award. I think if Quinion Mitchell just replicates the season he just had, nineteen pass deflections, yeah. five interceptions, he'd win it because he got that name brand now. Yeah. Last year they had a bunch of pass rushers in this conference. Mm-hmm. Several of them got drafted. Uh, who Jose Ramirez was the winner last year. Yeah, he won last year. Yeah. Should have been Brooks. Um, I'm gonna go with Pat. I'm gonna go with Brian Ugu. I'm gonna go with him. Okay, got the talent there. I mean, it's a pa- pa- pass rushers and linebackers always win over defensive. Yeah, I think like I think like Gant has got a good shot too. Um, yeah, yeah. You're gonna go with Mitchell. Hundred million. He might. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Mitchell. The team might no, be too no, good I'm for him. With you. He, the team might be too good for him to make hundred million. I mean, he did last year, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, town of the week. Any guesses? Um. Um. Toledo. Oxford, Ohio. Home to the Miami Red Hawks. That's a good one. With a population of 22,625. The Red Hawks play at Jaeger Stadium. Opened in 1983 with a capacity of 24,286. Named after Fred Z. Jaeger, class of 1914, and lead benefactor in the project to build the stadium. That's been pretty old. Notable alumni. <laughs> he would have um, been so old when they built that stadium, man. Notable alumni. They probably didn't give any of his money to his, his children. <laughs> no. like the Red Hawks, maybe. Probably, yeah. Notable alumni. Nick Lackey, Lakey. I recognized him. He said he was a pop. Oh, Lachey. Pop Lachey. Pop. Oh, okay. Nick Lachey. Sure. Yeah, okay. Nick, sure. I didn't know that. Chris Rose, the uh, sports broadcaster. That's a good one. Mike Emmerich, the voice of the New Jersey Devils. That's our goat. Paul Brown. Who? John Harbaugh. Who? Sean McVay, who? CFL legend, Milt Steve. Oh, the greatest Canadian wide receiver of all time. Um, notable people from Oxford. Weeb Eubank. Bill Bartlett, who was the lead guitarist of psychedelic bubblegum pop band, The Lemon Pipers. I love The Lemon Pipers. <laughs> David J. Eicher, chief editor of Astronomy Magazine. Read it every week, yeah. Nick Gillespie, editor-in-chief of Reason Magazine. Red Hawks just produced magazine editors. Um, <laughs> Best program in the country. You didn't know that? 
Lorenzo Lorraine Legenstroth, the father of American beekeeping. <laughs> Hold on, we need to we need more info on this. This this guy sounds like the coolest person. What a name! And he's the father of American beekeeping. I couldn't believe it. That guy might be the coolest. Uh, so there's not a lot to do in Oxford, so I had to extend it to things to do in Oxford and around Oxford. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Because um, Oxford just seems to only have museums. Uh, the William Holmes McGuffey House Museum, Miami University Art Museum, Hefner Museum of Natural History, Limburg Geology Museum. And then we, we have to go a little bit outside of Oxford for funny games like the Hole in the Wall Bar. Morgan's Outdoor Adventures. The Black Covered Bridge, which was really the number one thing to do everywhere on all sites in Oxford. And just such an ominous name. The Black Covered Bridge. It's probably haunted. It sounds cool. Yeah. And then finally, Winter Garden Wonderland, which kind of looked like uh, Santa's... Um, what's that, that that theme park we talked about once? Santa's Village. Uh, village. Yeah, it kind of had that vibe. I'm looking at the black cover bridge. This has definitely been in a horror movie or something before. Anyway, that's the Mac, people. And uh, please enjoy my interview with Brian Uwu of Miami of Ohio. I'm here with Miami of Ohio pass rusher Brian Uwu. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. So my first question for you is you, you and Corey Suttle are both transfers, and you teamed up to be one of the best pass rush duos in the group of five last year. So how, how nice is it to play opposite another talented pass rusher like him? Uh, it's good. You know, Corey's probably the guy on the team I'm the closest with. So, um, you know, and coming in, you know, transferring, you don't know what to expect coming into a new team. So um, finding a good relationship with somebody like that, especially when you play the same position, and then you go out there and do your thing, it's a, it's a great feeling. And now you're entering your second year with the Red Hawks. And in year one, you put up some good stats, 10 TFLs, 5 sacks. So what are your expectations for yourself this year? Um, I mean, I have, uh, every year I always set high expectations. But obviously last year was my not only my first year playing for Miami, but also just my first year playing defensive end. Um, you know, growing in high school, I played linebacker, running back. And then first couple years at Rutgers, I was an outside linebacker, um, stand-up probably. So, um, you know, coming to this transition, um, playing the whole season at defensive end, you know, I, I feel like I did pretty well. But I feel like I haven't reached my ceiling or tapped my top potential at all yet. So I'm just excited to uh, keep crafting and keep getting better. And I'm just really excited to see what the end product will be this year. And in – you mentioned this is this was your first year playing that true defensive end position, and it, it showed how athletic you are as a pass rusher and how twitchy and explosive you are. Has your athleticism always been something you kind of hang your hat on as a football player? Uh, definitely. Uh, just just because like growing up, my first sport was soccer, and oh, okay. I just always been yeah, I just always been athletic. Um, I feel like soccer has brought a lot of agility. Um, so, like, I've just been trying to apply that to football and just be as fast and as athletic as possible as I can, and it's helped me a lot. Um, so I can rely, rely on that sometimes, but I know that that's not all I can rely on. Like, I have to, you know, 
be good in all parts of the game to be the best player I could be. And that explosiveness is a trait the NFL is always looking for in pass rushers. So you've yeah. you've got that already. So is there anything else you're working on adding to your pass rush plan for this upcoming season? Yeah, just just being uh, better reading my my uh, the person in front of me, like the tackle, offensive tackle, um, and just uh, setting up and basing moves off that, and then um, also just broadening, like making my moveset way bro- more broader and having some more ideas and um, things to work on, you know. And this year we have a new defensive line coach who was with me at Rutgers um, my freshman year, but I wasn't a defensive end there, so obviously I wasn't with him a lot, but he's obviously ended up here at Miami, and he's with us for the spring, and, you know, he's been teaching me a lot of new uh, uh, tools and a lot of new techniques that have been, you know, making me a better player, so I'm really excited to see how it all works out. And, again, your first year playing defensive end, you're kind of developing this pass rush plan. How difficult is it to, to make that transition, or is it easier when you have the type of athleticism you possess? Uh, for me, it wasn't difficult at all. Um, I always felt like when I was um, playing football, like I just loved getting sacks and TFLs. And I feel like at the defensive position, the opportunity is, you know, a lot more present, a lot more mm-hmm. is a lot uh, more likely to happen for me. Um, so when I made the switch, um, wasn't really a big deal for me, and then I seen how how dirty and gritty and how violent that that position could get, and I just fell in love with it, honestly. So yes, yeah, it was my first season last year playing it, but I felt I gained to love it a lot, and I just can't wait to see you know how much of a better defensive end and better of a pass rusher I can be as time progresses. And how different is it playing the run as a true defensive end versus being an outside linebacker and an off ball linebacker? Uh, I'll just say, you know, obviously you're closer to the line, you're, you're engaged. As soon as you're off the ball, most of the times you're engaging in a block. You know, linebacker, at linebacker, you're, you're reading before you probably have to engage engage a block. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like when I first started, like first started practicing at defensive event, that was something that I wasn't expecting and I, I feel like I had to get better at. But I feel like now if I look at it as one of my best, you know, um, parts of my game, like, Engaging a block, getting a, a knockback, like I just love the feeling of coming off the ball and pushing an offensive lineman who, you know, is six six, six five, three hundred plus pounds, and I'm, you know, not that, and I'm just, you know, bullying him all game. That feeling for me is probably one of the best feelings I can feel all game. Um, so yeah, that's the difference from defensive end to linebacker. Just you know, being able to engage in blocks, uh, take on. Big, bigger guys, every down, every play, and you just got to embrace it and love it, and that's what I've been able to do. And the Mac has a rich history of putting pass rushers into the NFL. Obviously, guys like Khalil Mack, Max Crosby. The last two years, Dominique Robinson, Jose Ramirez. So for you, was there ever a moment throughout your career where you thought the NFL is a real possibility? The NFL has always been a goal for me since I was a kid. Um, and obviously, I've never had, you know, the best route to it. But I, that never stopped me from believing I can get there. Just like, you know, from high school, going to a school that didn't really produce Division One athletes and just changing that whole narrative and getting a whole bunch of offers my high school years 
to playing Power Five, you know, at Rutgers, and then obviously transferring to a Mac school. You know, a lot of people have things to say about that, but you know, I I I seen you know like the players you name Max Crosby, uh, Khalil Mack, and then even the person who had just got drafted the year I got here, and Dominique Robinson. Like, you just see the potential that is, is that's here in the Mac, mm-hmm. and to be able to be here and um, do what I did my first year, which I feel like is not my best work because, like I said, I was rusty. Also coming, you know, my first year, transfer portal, like, all that stuff. Like, that's I don't feel like I have a lot more to offer. But mm-hmm. just to come in this situation and, you know, be able to try to follow in those footsteps with all of the best, uh, some of the best pass rushers that are in that squad right now, just to follow those footsteps of possibly being the, the a Mac pass rusher drafted in the draft next year is a great feeling. And are there any NFL pass rushers you specifically watch and try to take pieces of their game to apply to yours? Um, I like uh, Michael Parsons a lot. I feel like just because of the fact that he was a linebacker as well mm-hmm. and he's trying to move to defensive end. But just when we're talking about solely pass rush, I like him a lot. And I also like TJ Watt, uh, Khalil Mack. Um, those are like the top three off my head. Um but I feel like there's a lot more. Like I even sometimes uh, I like uh, Reggie White. When I look back at it, I like I like his his hump move. Yeah. Today, I tr- I try to incorporate that in my game now. You can talk to my coach about that. Like I've been doing that, trying to do that all spring. Um, but yeah, I have I, I like a lot of uh, I try to watch a a, a lot of edge rushers and uh, defensive ends, pass rushers, and just see the, what they do good and what I can add to my game because I want to be the most complete player I could be. So, and, and last season you helped Miami of Ohio reach a bowl game. And, and entering this year, are there any specific team goals under Coach Martin that you're hoping to achieve? Um, I mean, obviously, like, we want to win every game. But honestly, when I look at my schedule, when I look at our schedule and I look at the team we have here, I honestly feel like we could uh, go undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um. Like we played uh, Miami University, the first uh, University of Miami, the first game, and a lot of people think that's you know an easy win for Miami. Um, well, Miami University of Miami, but uh, I look at it and they were a team that you know were struggling last year too, um, and I don't see that much difference in us, especially the way we've been working and the way that um, our defense is, how good our defense is, and how I revamped our offenses, which Coach Martin taking over and stuff. Um, I just feel like that game is not so much of a one-sided game as people may think, and I feel like we're prepared to go out and show that we can really compete with those guys and beat those guys. And that's a, that goes for the same with Cincinnati, as that's a rivalry for us. And um, I feel like we're, we're a different team this year to go ahead and make that game challenging and win that game as well. And then for the MAC, um, there's a lot of games we lost last year in the MAC that we should have won. Mm-hmm. A lot of games that we lost by um, one-score games, and and our defense played outstanding on uh, those games. And I just feel like this year is the year that we learn from those mistakes, especially since our defense is returning basically all our starters. Um, we have our, our starting quarterback back healthy, and we have some good additions from the transfer portal. I just feel like this is a good year to have a high ceiling for our season this year. And you mentioned earlier you're from uh... – a high school program in New Jersey that doesn't necessarily put a lot of Division One athletes out there, but you made it to the Power yeah. Five. 
And now you're at Miami of Ohio making a big impact in the MAC. So what's that journey been like for you to kind of get that D1 scholarship and then eventually land it and find a good home at Miami of Ohio? Uh, it, it's, it's been up and down, you know, like high school, you know, when I was like a freshman, obviously it was a gym of mine, but like I was just playing at a school like that didn't really bring in a lot of uh, college interest or like a lot of division one players didn't really come out from that school. But I just, I'm just such a determined and driven person. Like I just knew that I didn't need to go to the biggest high schools in Jersey or even the country. I could just stay at home and get a good education at a, diff, uh, a school I went to, which didn't have sports. So I went to a different high school that didn't have sports. And I, I just decided to play for my town high school. And the way I, um, we just flipped the narrative and went on to from being a, uh, a losing football program to winning three state championships back-to-back, um, then going on to play Division One football at a Power 5 school, in Jersey, which was a great feeling as well. You know, it's been good. But obviously, you know, I entered the transfer portal, um, came here to Miami, and I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I just knew that I met the coaches, and the coaches were real honest and upfront with me. And, you know, I coming not only transferring to a, a different school, but, you know, playing a different position, um, you know, it's you don't know what to expect. But a person like me, I'm – most determined I'm ready for whatever challenge and whatever adversity I have to face so you know going out there that first game against Kentucky and getting a sack in my first game playing defensive end in college football against a power five SEC team it's a great feeling and like that's just something that's just been going on all my life like no matter what's put in front of me I'm gonna attack it and I'm gonna get the job done so yeah and finally, before I let you go, we, we like to do this thing called seven rapid fire questions. And okay. they're, they're a little bit more fun, just kind of off the top of your head. You ready for it? Yeah, for sure. Perfect. So first question, is there a reason you wear number eight? Uh, yes. So basically, that's my, my mom's favorite number. So that's why I wear it. Um, yeah, that's really it. That's a great answer. Who's your all-time favorite athlete? Derrick Rose. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite lift in the weight room? Power clean. Easy. What's your favorite pump-up song? Uh, pump-up song? Oh, you said rapid fire. Uh, <laughs> pump-up song, pump-up song. Uh, right now, it's, uh, it's the Afrobeat song called Holiday by Rema. Perfect. And and what's your go-to cheat meal? Wings. Chicken wings on the bone, man. Flats only too. <laughs> what's your number <laughs> what's your number one video game right now? FIFA. Makes sense. Grew up playing soccer. And Yep, exactly. Finally, I'm Canadian, so I have to ask, what's your favorite thing about Canada? the way you guys talk but then i also heard you guys make some good poutine that that is true that is true (laughs) well thank you so much brian i really appreciate your time man yeah no problem appreciate you reaching out